Good morning. I want to start by asking a question. Has anyone seen uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy? Yeah, I don't think many of you would, and in fairness, from when I saw it, I wouldn't recommend seeing it either. But I wasn't actually meant to see it. I actually, I was 10 when it came out. I think I was 10 or 11. Uh, and I wasn't actually meant to see it. Uh, I was meant to go see the third episode of the Star Wars uh, franchise, Revenge of the Sith. And we would book tickets, but actually, when we arrived, they'd, there'd been a mix-up. They, they said, oh, sorry, we can't get you in for that, but we'll let you see Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Great. Um, I'm not sure if, if you guys have read it or, or have seen it, but basically from, I don't know a huge lot about it, basically from what I remember of seeing it, it's a film about these, these beings who try to find the answer to the ultimate question of life, the universe, and everything. The life, the universe, and everything. Uh, and they ask this, from what I remember this, is that right? Uh, what the answer to this question is. Uh, and the answer that comes back, from what I remember, is a number. Then we know what the number is? 42. <laughs> Great. How helpful. 42. And from what I remember as well, they don't actually ever find out what that means, what, the, what 42 means, what the answer actually means. Now, I don't know about you this morning, whether you're, whether you're a Christian or not, but we can often ask, what is, the, what is the purpose of our life here? What is life's meaning? Particularly as we look on the news this week, and I, I tell you, I was flabbergasted this week, and I was pretty much in tears when I saw the news, because I've got friends in Manchester, not actually affected, but I was flabbergasted. And I think there's probably many, and there might be many of you this morning who are asking the question, what is the point? What is the meaning? What is life's purpose? And today we're going to read about four people, four characters in the Bible, who knew the reason for living. Who understood what the purpose was on earth. So if we can, let us turn, if you've got the Bible with you, to Acts chapter 18, our passage this morning, where we learn about these four characters who understood in their minds and in their hearts and in their lives what purpose they had in life. So I'll read it out to you if you haven't got a Bible. It's Acts chapter 18, and I'll start reading from verse 18. Acts chapter 18, verse 18. Paul stayed on in Corinth for some time. Then he left the brothers and sisters and sailed for Syria, accompanied by Priscilla and Aquila. Before he sailed, he had his hair cut off at St. Crie because of a vow he had taken. They arrived at Ephesus where Paul left Priscilla and Aquila. He himself went into the synagogue and reasoned with the Jews. When they asked him to spend more time with them, he declined. But as he left, he promised, I will come back if it is God's will. Then he set sail from Ephesus. When he landed at Caesarea, he went up to Jerusalem and greeted the church and then went down to Antioch. After spending some time in Antioch, Paul set out from there and traveled from place to place through the regions of Galatia and Phrygia, strengthening all the disciples. Meanwhile, a Jew named Apollos, a native of Alexandria, came to Ephesus. He was a learned man with a thorough knowledge of the scriptures. 
He had been instructed in the way of the Lord and he spoke with great fervor and taught about Jesus accurately, though he knew only the baptism of John. He began to speak boldly in the synagogue. When Priscilla and Aquila heard him, they invited him to their home and explained to him the way of God more adequately. When Apollos went to, wanted to go to Achaia, the brothers and sisters encouraged him and wrote to the disciples there to welcome him. When he arrived, he was a great help to those who by grace had believed. For he vigorously refuted his Jewish opponents in public debate, proving from the scriptures that Jesus was the Messiah. And no, the Lord will add blessing to the reading of his word. And in fact, before we attempt to unpack God's word this morning, let us just bow our heads and pray for a moment. Father, we realize that this is your word and we cannot and we will not seek to understand it without your help. So we ask your blessing now. We know you are here with us. We praise you for the, praise you for the opportunity to worship you and to enjoy fellowship with Father, we pray that you would presence yourself and that we would feel your presence, that we would hear your voice calling, that we would understand what you want to say to us. And we pray, Lord, that you would just transform our lives through your word this morning. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. So in this passage we've just read, we read of this character called Paul. And Paul uh, was a follower of the Lord Jesus uh, during the early days of the church. He planted many churches across uh, Eastern Europe and Western Asia. And we learn from the book of Acts that Paul went on three missionary journeys. He went on three missionary journeys across uh, Europe and across Asia, where he preached the good news or the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the good news of the Lord Jesus Christ is this, that he has come so that people could have a relationship with God again, that we could have a relationship with God, our creator. A relationship that each one of us this morning was created for and designed for. When God made you and designed and created you, he made you with the promise or the, not the promise, but rather the, the, the goal that you would learn to know him and love him. Have a relationship with him. That was exactly what you were created for. And that goes for every single person that has ever been born. But there was a problem because our sin separated us from God. God is holy and good, things that we do to God's law, and therefore we can't have a relationship with God if we're sinful. But through the Lord Jesus Christ, his perfect life, his sin, his death on the cross, and resurrection, if we believe and trust in him and follow him, we receive a relationship with God. That is the gospel, really, in a nutshell. And Paul went around preaching this good news to people, that you can have a relationship with God again. And people had become followers of the Lord Jesus as a result of his preaching, and they had started churches. And in this passage, we continue to see how, as he moves around the areas of the known world, he begins to preach the good news of Jesus to everyone he can. Everyone. He never decided to go and preach the good news and tell others about the Lord Jesus. On the screen, we should be able to map. You can tell I was a Love maps. Always love maps, and they're fantastic. Uh, and the map shows Paul's route, which he takes uh, in his second missionary journey. Uh, in verses 18 to 22 of what we just read, we can see uh, where Paul comes from. He has a yellow star. You can see the map there. He's in, uh, from St. Crea. He goes across to, uh, is that, that is, 
that you're testing my geography. Ephesus, that is Ephesus. He comes down to, uh, Jer- well, to Caesarea, to Jerusalem, and then up to Syria. Past my GCSE geography. Thank you very much. Fantastic. And we see, as he goes around, he's preaching these good news. And one of the things I love about Paul is his He's such a focused man, isn't he? As you read through the book of Acts, he's such a focused man. He's a man who knows exactly what his purpose is. Preach the good news of the Lord Jesus Christ. That is all he wanted to do. And you can tell, as we read in the passage, it feels busy, he's non-stop, he's sort of everywhere, he's moving across these different areas. That one goal in mind, to preach the good news of Jesus. Preach the good news of Jesus. And we see in verse 19, which we've just read, when he arrives in Ephesus, which is dislocated in modern-day Turkey today, he goes straight to the synagogue. And it says that he went to reason with the Jews. On the screen there is a picture of this inside of a modern-day synagogue. And a synagogue is where Jews come to pray and to worship, and they come to meet together and worship their God. Now, God, Paul had been brought up in the Jewish faith. He knew a lot about the Jewish faith. He was a Jew before he became a Jesus. And so when Paul arrived in these places, he went straight to the synagogue because he wanted to talk to Jews about the Lord Jesus. Now, the Lord Jesus is the Messiah. The Lord Jesus is the one who has brought this new relationship back to God, that those who trust in the Lord Jesus can have a relationship with God again. That was Paul's message. And Paul understood that, that was the one goal he wanted to achieve. That was his purpose in life. And I wondered if I asked you guys this morning... Because it's something I often ponder, even as a Christian, what is my purpose here? What is my goal for every day? What am I seeking to achieve? And when I was 10, I probably would have said to play for Wales and thrash England in the rugby. But that happened too often, so there's no, there's no point in that goal. That would have been my goal. But I wonder if you guys this morning, my goal has changed, by the way. But I wonder if my, I certainly can't play rugby anymore. I wondered what your response would be to me if I asked you that question. My goal, my purpose. Now, Paul wrote many books that we find in the New Testament. And all of them are actually letters that he had written to Christians in different churches. Often, Paul started these, his letters like this. Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle and set apart for the gospel of God. Look at how he describes himself. A servant of Jesus. That word there, servant, actually translated means he was a slave of the Lord Jesus. And we think slave has got a negative thing. But actually, the, the true root meaning of that word means Someone who serves their master out of an intense devotion and love. They love them so much that they're happy to be their slave. And then we have the word apostle. An apostle means someone who's been sent by somebody else. So Paul is he's been sent by Jesus. And that something was to tell others about me. To tell others about what I've done at the cross and what my resurrection means for everybody who has ever So we can see how Paul, even in every letter, most of his letters start like this, a servant of Christ Jesus called 
be an apostle set apart for the gospel. In another place, Paul says this. For I fully expect and hope that I will be, never be ashamed, but that I will continue to be bold for Christ, as I have been in the past. And I trust that my life will bring honor to Christ, whether I will or die. For to me, living means living for Christ. For to me, living means living for Christ. That's how Paul aimed to live his life. That's how Paul summed up his life. Living for Paul meant living for the Lord Jesus Christ. And so he knew he needed to tell others about this Lord Jesus Christ. He was determined. He was focused. His identity, if you like, was found that he was a follower of the Lord Jesus, and therefore I've got to go and tell other people. I've got to. Because my identity, everything that I base myself, my life on, is in Jesus. If I were to ask you what you were living for, what I'm living for, I wonder what you would share with me. Perhaps it would be, for me, living means living for my job. Living means living for my family. For me, living means living for the weekends. Living for holidays, living for the next football match, or the next rugby match, or for hobbies. Living means those things, maybe to you, maybe to me. And I've been deeply, deeply challenged this week for what God has been saying to me. Really asking myself, what is living to me? Is living for me living for Christ like it was? Because of, of what Jesus has done, he has to be the foundation of our life. He has to be. For everything he's accomplished at the cross, for everything that he did for us, he has to be the foundation of our life. If you remember our series in January, we learned that we were made for a mission. And that mission is to tell people that there is a way back to God, that we can have a relationship with a God again. And that way is Jesus. And we heard earlier from Andy about the turning. Um, and as I, uh, as I was going to share with you, I actually went out uh, on the turning this week one morning. Absolutely terrified. Absolutely terrified. I would never class myself as a gifted evangelist, not even close. I keep telling people, feel free to give me a pulpit, that's fine. I'm happy to stay around here, that's okay. You take me out. Oh, I... But, very nervous. Very, very nervous. And I was terrified to be asked questions that I couldn't answer, that I would be embarrassed, that I would be verbally abused. Everything goes through when you're out on the street. But something came to my mind was this, and I, I definitely feel this was God saying something to me. The cure to an uncurable disease. Would there be anything that would stop me from telling everyone that a cure to this has been found? I would hope nothing would stop me from doing that. We as Christians, the only news that can save people from an eternity separated from God. We are the only group that saves. We are the only one who follows a leader who saves. 
we are the only ones who have the news that people can have a relationship with their creator again. And that really challenged me as I went out Thursday and I had some, some rejections, I had some lovely conversations. There was one person who went through the whole script with me and prayed the prayer, which was wonderful. But it didn't escape the fact that I was still terrified. But God is the one who equips us and goes with us. And the wonderful thing is, we can do many things to share the Lord Jesus with people. Many things. There are many ways we can do it. Something like carrying gospel leaflets. I have a couple of friends back home who always have gospel leaflets in their car or keep them in their every jacket pocket. It's consistent in them around so that if they meet someone, a waiter at a restaurant, uh, a barber and the hairdressers, someone at the checkout, just to say, oh, thank you very much, here's a leaflet. And it's a simple gospel leaflet just explaining the news of the Lord Jesus. And all of us can, can't we, all of us can, can, can take a leaflet and just say, oh, thank you very much. And there's plenty of leaflets in the office, and I've got plenty here. I'm happy to at the end of the service, and I'll hand them out to you. But I really think we need to be intentional. It's the most important news that will ever be told. And we have opportunities every day to tell people about it. You've also got church business cards. If there's anybody that you know uh, in your workplace or even in your school who is interested about Christian faith or church, you can simply just say, oh, there's a business card. Simply says you're warmly invited to Regent Chapel Christian Fellowship. We meet at Sunday, uh, on Sunday at 11 a.m. Just simple little things that we can give out. And that could be a stepping stone to someone finding the Lord Jesus. And the more we do these things, the more natural it becomes for us to talk about the Lord Jesus in our lives. Because I've been challenged here this week, often am I talking about him in my day-to-day life. Something like social media, putting Bible verses up on social media, things like Facebook and Twitter, it's wonderful to put verses up. It's just a simple thing that people just see in their newsfeed. It's a simple thing we could do a wonderful work. You can remember back to January, we over, we over the course of the month, we listed three people that we would pray for. And then can I challenge you then this morning, as you come up this week, can you remember those people that you were for, those people who don't know Jesus, people in your school, or in your college, in your university, in your workplaces, your friendship groups, your family members, to pray for them, that they would come to know the Lord Jesus, Christ, because this is what Christians should be known for. This is what Christians' purpose is, isn't it? To share that the Lord Jesus has changed my life, and he could change yours. This simple news that we have to share, we can do it in so many variety of ways. I really think we need to be intentional about these things. Paul then was a man who took opportunities. He eventually, he leaves Ephesus. He promises to return if it was God's will. Uh, and as we will find out next week from Andy, he does eventually get back to Ephesus and he plants a, a church there. But he eventually, in this passage that we've read, he gets back to Antioch. 
And after spending some time there, he begins his third missionary journey. There's a map on there on the screen of where he heads up. And in verse 23, we learn that Paul begins his third missionary journey by visiting all the other churches that he's planted to strengthen the disciples, it says. He has not seen some of these Christians for a long time. He wants to see how they're doing. He wants to see if they're still following the Lord Jesus. So he says that he goes there to strengthen the disciples. And we learn this about Paul throughout Acts. One of his goals is to strengthen and mature the faith of disciples. That means that he wants the Christians there that he's led to the Lord, he wants them to be spiritually. And that means to be living a life that is pleasing to God, or living a life that is submitting to the word of God. And as Christians, that should also be our intention, to strengthen each other. When we meet together, when we meet to worship God and to encounter God, we also come to meet with each other and encourage one another in our walk with the Lord Jesus, or we should. I was discussing with some Christians this week, how often do we talk to each other about Jesus? How often do we ask each other, how is your walk with the Lord Jesus going? Is there anything you're struggling with at the moment? How often do we talk about other things? Sport, or work, or holidays that I'm looking forward to. I'm not saying that's bad things. We should talk about these things. We should be interested in those lives. But the thing that unites is the Lord Jesus, isn't it? And I've been hugely challenged again this week. How often do I talk to people asking them, how is your walk with the Lord going? Are you struggling with anything? Can I pray for you? this is something that Paul's obviously very energized about. He wants to see that the Christians, the disciples, are strong in their faith and they're still walking for the Lord. And we see this theme of strengthening each other carried out to the rest of the passage. And we are introduced to this character called Apollos. And we learn that Apollos is a Jew who knows a lot about the Old Testament. He knows a lot about Jesus. But his knowledge seems to lack a little. And it's clear that he misunderstands the teaching of baptism. And we see that Priscilla and Aquila, who are Christians, and they're good friends of Paul, they take Apollos into their home, and they explain things to him more accurately. One of my favorite things about this portion of the Bible is that Apollos here shows actually quite great humility, doesn't he? Because not many people like to be told what to do or what they're getting wrong. It would have been easy for Apollos to reject Priscilla and Aquila. It would have been easy for him to say, actually, I don't want to hear your advice. He was an educated man, he was an intelligent man, who knew a lot about the Old Testament. Yet he was willing to teach, well, he was willing to learn. And we as Christians should also be known to be teachable. We should be known as people who want to learn. We should never get to a position where we think that we've made it as a Christian. And that's church leaders. We should never get to a position where we think that we've made it. There's always a new lesson to learn. Perhaps this morning you've been wanting to learn more about the Christian faith. And in Regent we run a number of courses, things like Christianity Explored, a fantastic course that delves deeper into the Christian faith. Maybe that would be something that you 
to look at. Perhaps you've been a Christian a short time or a while, but you aren't sure what your life should look like or what you understand by being active in the Christian faith. There's another course that we run here, Freedom in Christ. I know there's a number of people who have gone through that course. We should never think that we have made it as a Christian. There's always more things to learn. What's also wonderful about this passage is Priscilla and Aquila who've invited Apollos into their home. They took time to teach him and put effort into instructing him in the way of the Lord. And as Christians, we are called to do this. Jesus said that we are to go make disciples. Make disciples. All of us this morning are disciples. And therefore, we've all been given the task to make disciples. To spend time with other Christians, helping each other and learning from each other. But also Christians who want to know more about God. Because that's our duty as followers of Jesus. That is one of our roles as Christians. This isn't just something that leaders should be doing. This is something that actually the Bible says that every disciple should be making disciples. It says this in Ephesians 4. That we should get up on the screen. Now these are the gifts... Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church. I sometimes think that we as Christians think that it's the leaders that should be doing everything in the church. The Bible says that actually the leader's job is to equip everybody else in the church to do ministry, to do service. It's the job of the leader. So can I ask you, as I'm asking myself, if any of you have had a calling on your mind recently that you'd like to do some form of mentoring or ministry in the church, speak to one of the leaders here. If you feel that God is stirring your heart for a particular ministry in the church, it might be church work, it might be youth work, it might be something in social work. Speak to one of the leaders. Don't let God, don't, don't, don't quench God's spirit as we say. Don't, don't put that down. If God is saying something to you, then follow what he wants you to do. Andy mentioned earlier how there have been people assigned to this church, 14 if I remember correctly, who are looking for mentors, for people to meet up with them, to have a coffee and to talk to them about God. If you find something and speak to Andy after the end of the service. All these things that we can do to strengthen each other and build up the church, which is exactly what we as Christians should be known for. What's the result of Priscilla and Aquila's work? Well, Apollos goes off, he's equipped to serve God, and he goes on preaching. And we learn later that he becomes a great teacher, and he actually helps Paul in the church in Corinth. But as we see in verse 28... Apollos teaches the people from the Old Testament that Jesus was the Messiah. Everything that we've done this morning has been for Jesus, the Messiah. We as Christians meet for, to worship and serve Jesus. The title Messiah actually means Savior. 
And the Messiah was a figure that was promised by God to come and to remove people's sin, which is the thing that separates us from God. But the Bible says that the Messiah would have to take all our sin, all of our wickedness, and die for it. And we see from the New Testament that that Messiah is the Lord Jesus. That's what Jesus does. Jesus takes our sin to the cross and he buried our sin. And if we trust and follow the Lord Jesus today, your sin is gone. Your sin is forgiven. If you're not a follower of the Lord Jesus this morning, please don't think that the Lord Jesus will not accept you. Please do not leave you this morning thinking that the Lord Jesus will not accept you, that you're, that you're in some way too bad for him. The Lord Jesus accepts all who come and ask for his forgiveness, that he will clean and take our sins away. But we need to recognize who Jesus is and what he has done. So as I finish, let us ask ourselves this morning, because this week I've really been struggling with this, is Jesus the foundation of our life? Is everything I do in my life guided by what Jesus says? Are our goals, our desires built upon who Jesus is and what he's done? Because of Jesus, we have a new life. But that life must be a life that is wholly dedicated to him. He gave his life for us. We should give our lives to him. So we close, bow our heads and pray. Father, we thank you for good. We thank you for the Lord Jesus. We thank you for what he's done. We thank you for his sinless life, his perfect death, and his life-giving resurrection. Father, I pray for each of us this morning that we would not leave without considering him, that we would seek to follow him each day of our life, that we would seek to honor him and serve him and be a witness for him. We give you thanks for him and ask your blessing upon us now. In Jesus' name.